Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. And David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know, we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, and relationships. And hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. So do you ever wonder why some couples' sex lives seem to get better as they age? Just like a fine wine while others struggle with low libido, diminishing lubrication, and erectile dysfunction. Well, on today's show, we're going to find out how we can all stay sexually active and satisfied as the years go by. Spoiler alert, it has a lot to do with continuing sex education at all ages in order to understand how your sex life can keep on going and going and going. Like little rabbit in the battery commercial. Mm -hmm. All right, before we get into the show, let's take a moment to feature our show sponsor, which is our top waterproof blanket, because nobody wants to sleep in the wet spot and squirt is hot until it's not. If you're fed up with sleeping in that wet spot or having to change the sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed dry no matter how wet it gets, even if you're a huge squirter. Well, just throw it down and get it on, and Top Waterproof Blanket will protect any play space from messy massage oils, silicone lube, or any other sexy wetness. It takes away the worry so you can have more fun. And the best thing is the easy cleanup. When you're done, just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. Now available in two sizes, jumbo and midsize, and two color combinations. Order yours from Amazon today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. Alrighty, this is the Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carolyn David, and we are so excited to welcome today's special guest. Dr. Lori Petito is a sex therapist who's been dispensing sex and relationship advice for about 30 years in her on her nightly radio show, Passion, which is available on iHeartRadio and can be heard anywhere, and it's on a podcast too. Dr. Lori is the president of the Sexual Health Network and the author of The Sex Bible for People Over 50. In addition, Dr. Lori is the director of the Pornhub Sexual Wellness Center, the, an online sexual health information platform. So we've had uh, Dr. Lori Batito on our show before. Um, it is a great pleasure to welcome her back, especially after she just celebrated 20 years of her own show, Passion. Lori, wel- <laughs> welcome to the Sexy Lifestyle. Thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm. We got lots and lots of information on you, and I know you have so much to share, so we really can't wait to get into it. You know, there's such a void of sexual education for adults all around the world, and I know that one of your goals, just like ours, is to get lots of relevant and credible information out there. And I know you exactly. accomplished this many, many ways on your nightly radio show, your work at Pornhub, and of course from your book. So we want to hear a lot more about what you do. Why don't we start with your radio show, Passion? I know it's 20 years. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so uh, we've been on the air in Montreal for the last 20 years. It's a nightly show that discusses 
every possible aspect of sexuality and love and relationships. We have uh, lots of different contributors. We focus on um, everything from LGBTQ issues to uh, open relationships to kink to vanilla anything uh, to all kinds of uh, sexual problems. I end up uh, answering a lot of questions from uh, our listeners and and people who write in answer a lot of their uh, their questions as well and uh, we've been doing it for quite some time and it, it's great that uh, Montreal has welcomed me in, in, in this city to be able to talk about this on a regular regular so Laurie growing up I know I always listened to your show and it was like oh I'm listening to the sex show and you didn't even <laughs> want to tell people that you were listening to the show because it was like so taboo how, how has <laughs> listening about sex and sexuality changed over the 20 years that you've been on air? Well, I think that, uh, I think it's a testament, the fact that the the listeners keep me on air, right? Because it's all a question of ratings and, uh, and popularity. So I think that people have become more and more open and thirsty for knowledge and, and more quality-based knowledge, science-based knowledge. Uh, I think even though a lot of people don't want to necessarily call in or contribute their own stories, they're mighty curious as to what the rest of it is doing because sex is something that we often just don't talk to our friends about, right? And and so uh, we want to hear about it, but we don't know where uh, where to talk. Oftentimes, online resources aren't necessarily the best. You have to weed out the, the good from the bad. Uh, so um, I, I find there's a more and more of an opening to uh, to want to hear about this and the and older people as well you know when i first started radio it was 30 years ago and it was on a different station but it was a, a much more young it was a music station <clears throat> so we had a lot of young listeners and of course young people are always curious about sex and having done this one for the last 20 years which is on a talk radio station we obviously have a far older audience and they're still interested about sex. And I get emails and questions from much older people, 60s, 70s, and even 80s, who, uh, who often tell me that they have learned a lot, even in, in these later years. Wow, that's really amazing. And I think 10 o'clock time slot is perfect for privacy for those who just want to relax and listen, whether it's with their headphones or in the car, they're going somewhere. And, you know, it's not young ears at that point. I'm talking about children. So they feel comfortable uh, at that particular time of the day listening. And and sometimes they just put that hour aside so they can just relax and listen to what's going on and get the information, like you said. And part about the show being available as a podcast is people could also listen on demand at at their own um, leisure whether it's at, exactly. at the gym and our show has has succeeded also because you know people aren't always available at 10 o'clock at night exactly well that's the beauty now of all the technology that we have i mean i started pre, you know practically pre-internet uh, so we didn't have all this accessibility. We didn't have uh, text messaging that people could uh, get their uh, their questions answered. So, and now we have people can listen on demand to anything that's played on the airwaves. So, even though my show is in Montreal and a few other cities, uh, I have listeners from all over the world who can listen at any time. 
Now, it's great that uh, I think that you give your female point of view, but I love the fact that you also have a male panel. Uh, is it one night a week? When do you you do your guys' night? Uh, well, we have different panels. So once a month, we have an all-male panel. Once a month, we have an all-female panel. We have an LGBTQ panel. We have a kink panel. Uh, so I try to bring people together to not just offer my perspective, but many different perspectives on sexuality and and, you know, as we all know, uh, sexuality is so varied, as varied as the people who practice it. So we want to be able to offer different perspectives. And, you know, as long as things are done in a consensual, legal, uh, joyful, pleasurable manner, then who are we to judge? And, and this is why I like to give uh, airtime to people to talk about their different experiences. Exactly. So it's it's I don't know if it's ironic or absolutely accurate but the fact that your show is called passion um and you have this passion for sex education for teaching people and i don't know the hundreds or thousands of people's lives who who you've touched over the years in terms of answering questions that they might be too shy or unable Mm -hmm. to, to, to bring out into the open and now you've transitioned into being uh, the leader at Pornhub's Wellness Center. How did you get into that, and and how is that going? Uh, so the Pornhub Sexual Wellness Center was started a couple years back. Uh, I had an idea that I wanted to 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 spread more sexual wellness education. You're right; it's it's become my mission in life, and everything I've done has focused on educating the public. And uh, so um, I wanted a new project. They were looking for a new project. Somebody put us together, and we created this project, which is the Pornhub Sexual Center. And my reasoning for this was I wanted a place where um, people could go where they would get information from sources that were reliable, that were uh, medical, that were science-based, and people who really worked in the field rather than simply having a place to go where people are writing or interviewing or or what have you. I wanted to go right to the source. And we wanted to provide this uh, platform for people who are already going to uh, to Pornhub to, to visit sites and what have you. The balance, like I, I figured a lot of people, unfortunately, turn to pornography to get sexual health or sex, sex information, right? It's not the best place. Uh, porn is fantasy. It's not reality. And I wanted to be able to provide the realistic side of sexuality. So the marriage really made sense for me, and it was also a way to reach many, many more people considering the number of visitors that uh, t- that visit a site like Pornhub. So to me, it was a it was a no brainer uh, in terms of accessibility to people, and I could and I get questions from all over the world. So I know there's a lack of information out there just based on the the kinds of questions that I get, which some of them are like super basic questions and how to questions. People just don't know what is normal, so to speak. Wow, that's actually great. And we we can imagine what it's like here. We do actually have some uh, sex education, especially here in Canada. But there are places in the world that have zero sex education. Yeah, yeah. Well, sex is certainly really taboo in many places. And yet, you know, it can be taboo in a society, but we all know everyone is sexual. We're all sexual beings. So the urges are all there. It's universal. And yet, we cut away, you know, we, we, 
prohibit access to even quality information, um, and it has the opposite effect. So it doesn't work. So do you actually do like basic uh, information? Do you do sex ed 101 type oh, yeah. articles? Yeah. So on the site, for example, we have very, very basic information, like basic anatomy, basic STI information, how to put on condoms, consent. Like we, we start from, you know, kindergarten all the way up, basically. I mean, obviously it's for adults, but uh, we do start with some basics. And then we, we delve into different aspects of sexuality from, uh, from different perspectives. And coming up in the, our next project that we're going to be adding to this are video, kind of video tutorials mm-hmm. where um, we'll have some, some sex education videos, but visuals mm-hmm. at this point. So um, that's going to be added to the site in the next little while. So for not just explaining how to put on a condom, perhaps someone is actually showing, showing, showing holding a banana exactly. and showing how you... And or, 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 or putting it on a cock. I don't know. Are you putting uh, it on Well, a we... we yeah, we'll be doing, yeah, they will be, uh, some of them will definitely be more explicit mm-hmm. where we want to show real people doing real things. Uh-huh. Well, if you need models, we're available. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. well, we filmed that in LA, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. you know, you're talking about people asking questions and we talk about the, the issue with um, communication within relationships. And I can't tell you how many of the questions that we get start with, how do I bring up or how do I talk to my partner about? And it's incredible. Um, even, you know, it, later on in life with people over 50, they still have this issue bringing up those the issues related to sexuality. Not about sure. do you want to have sex with me, but, you know, um, how do I bring up partner that I want to bring a sex toy into our relationship? Right, right. You're right. But, but we haven't been taught to talk about sex in an open manner. So if you grow up in a household where a lot of most of us grew up in, frankly, is where sex was not talked about. It was taboo. You didn't, your parents did not talk to you about pleasure, for example. So you do not get used to having the language and, and just the, the being able to express it in a way that doesn't feel, you know, critical or judgmental or, or bad somehow. Uh, so we have to learn this later in life. Yeah, and it's okay to keep learning. That's the whole idea here that the the goal is to keep learning and practicing. And for some people, we tell them just if you can't say it, well, at least start by saying it to yourself. Like, you know, you don't know how to bring it up those tough conversations. And if it's just about sex and your body, and maybe you want to tell your husband that, you know, my clit is changing, I don't really know what to do about it. But, you know, we're going to be going into all about sex over 50. But as you go through and you're so shy, or don't know how to explain to your husband that things are going differently now. Um, Just start by practicing by saying it to yourself and saying it out loud, because we don't even know how to say those words until we actually do say those words. And I do recommend uh, reading together. So I wrote the book, my book, The Sex Bible for People Over 50. It was really for couples to use together. Uh, And, you know, it's it's short. It's in short spurts. It gives you how-tos and and gives you the issue and and what, what to do about it. But it's really meant for couples to read together. And that can open up a conversation right there. So it's easier when it's maybe not you expressing it, but when it's on paper and then you can relate to it and say, oh, yeah, that's me.
Yeah, you know? it's great. And also you feel a little bit more normal when you're reading about it and you think it's not just me going through all these crazy exactly. changes. It's sort of exactly. a comforting feeling. And then, yes, using the words in your book instead of trying to figure out how to explain, that makes a whole lot of sense. But I exactly. loved your, your one of your early chapters, I think it might even be the first chapter, that sex doesn't have an expiry date. <laughs> yeah, sex has no expiration date. We are born sexual, we die sexual. And I this is has never been more salient to me than in the last few years where I've been going into seniors' residences and retirement communities to talk about safe sex. Uh, they invite me. Why do they invite me there? Because they these people are interested. Otherwise, I wouldn't be invited. So you have, uh, you know, hundreds of people uh, who are average age in their 80s who are just thirsty, even at 80, for this knowledge about sexuality and who feel validated that it's okay that they still feel sexual. And believe it or not, lots of sex happens in these communities. It comes like college dorms all over again. Uh, but we also know that STIs uh, run wild in those communities as well. So sex is definitely happening. They may not be talking about it because nobody wants to talk about elderly sex, but it is happening. Absolutely. And they're probably not using condoms because they don't need to worry about getting pregnant. But of exactly. course, condoms are the things that are going to keep you safe and healthy. Yeah, imagine when the last time was they might have used a condom, you know, in the <laughs> World War Two. you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, they, probably, like, they probably still have it in his back pocket. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. There are expiry dates on condoms. Just remind everybody out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I know you covered a whole bunch of myths about sex over 50. I would just like to just talk about a couple of them. Like, uh, like sexuality for women peak in their 30s. Well, we often hear that, right? That uh, middle-aged women uh, have their peak then and, and, and men have their peak at 18. But it's actually not really true. It's true in one way and not true in another way. When we talk about peak, we're talking about a hormonal peak. And both men and women peak at the same time in terms of the, the most level of testosterone that they will have, which is somewhere around the age of 18, right? Except that in our society, at least still today and up till today, this may change in the next few generations, but women take ownership of their sexuality later in life. So we still have a lot of double standards where when men peak, it's okay for them to express their sexuality, they could have many partners, but women are still held back from these beliefs that if I want to be very sexual, if I want to have many sexual partners, People are going to look at me and call me a slut, mm -hmm. or I'm going to be looked at as something negative. And so we still have that double standard, which holds women back from truly feeling empowered with their sexuality and taking ownership of it. And so as women get older, they start to realize, oh, wait a second, I can ask for what I want. I know what I want, and I want more you know, pleasure. I want So they, they're more in touch with their bodies as they get older. And so we talk, it's more of a psychological peak that happens for women later in life. No, those are all great and true things. I'm 
the myths that I, that I know you have in your book are really interesting and I do want to get more into them, but hold that thought. It's going to be a time for a quick break. Just to remind everybody that we are talking to sex therapist, Dr. Lori Batito, all about the need for continuing sex education at all ages. And when we come back, we're going to find out, first of all, more about the myths, but also about how getting old isn't necessarily a bad thing. So stay tuned. This is A Sexy Lifestyle. We'll be right back after this. But uh, let's invite everyone to join us as we broadcast live from the world's most iconic adult playground, Hedonism 2 in the Grilled Jamaica, December 14th to 27th for the inaugural Hedo event, Repeat Offenders Reunion Days. As Hedo celebrates your loyalty with the lowest rates of the year, starting $150 per person per night, whether you've been there three times or 15 times or want to try it for the very first time, this is the time to go and save. Meet up with old friends and make lots of new friends. We'll be there too. And while we're talking about hedonism, let's give a shout out to Brett and the group from Young Swingers Week. They are doing a full takeover in March 2020. That's all 280 rooms, and you know, there's only 50 left. So book quickly. It's getting filled up. It'll be sold out probably in the next month or so. So if you want more information, head to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, for more information about this and other events. All right, done with the commercial. Let's remind everyone, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we're having an amazing discussion with author and sex therapist, Dr. Lori Batito, all about learning more about our sexuality to help us cope with the changes that happen as our bodies and as we age. So let's get back into the myths that we were talking about before the break. I love this one. Let's go into that orgasms you have when you're younger are better and more intense. Right. Well, there's uh, studies have shown, in fact, that many women report that their orgasms actually become more fulfilling after the age of 40, so not before. And maybe it's because of an understanding of their body. Maybe it's because they are less afraid to ask for exactly what they want. So there are different reasons why this happens, but this, this is what the, definitely the, the reports and the, uh, the data is, is showing. Wow, that's really good. And I know for myself, for sure, that's absolutely true. And I really only started having really great sex after I met David like 15 years ago. We've been together 15 years. So I kind of believe that 100%. We were so honest and open with each other at the beginning that I was able to tell him from day one what I like and don't like. Whereas with my ex-husband, we'd been married 15 years already, and I just didn't know how to tell him that I didn't like how we had sex because 15 years later... <laughs> How do you bring that up? It was a really a hard thing. So I kind of get that. Yeah. I, I realized how being honest and open and talking about it and making sure that we have that pleasure that, you know, our clitoris was meant for pleasure. So we really have to use it in the but right your, way. Your orgasm since you turned 50 have gotten and bigger. And now you're like this massive squirter as mm -hmm. well. Is it because you're finding sex more exciting? Well, I certainly know, uh, I know what I like and what I don't like. And you've learned my body so right. so much that you're able to make me have pleasure better. Now. But swinging situation, you're having great orgasms. I think it's because you're able to communicate with the other person we're playing with what makes you feel good. Yeah, and you're always there to jump in in case they're not doing it I'm right. A coach. <laughs> you're a great coach. So there you go. <laughs> Let's get back onto the next myth here. Okay, myth number three says uh, erection problems are inevitable. Right. A lot of people think that as you get older, oh, that they men especially, they, of course, worry it's going to happen. I'm going to lose my ability to have an erection. But it's not true. Only about 25% of men will need, for example, erectile dysfunction drugs. Uh, most men can maintain an erection hard enough for penetration. I mean, I spoke to a 94-year-old guy 
who was having regular sex and regular intercourse, no problem. So it's not, it's not a, a necessity of age that you uh, that you lose your erection potential. It's just there are changes that happen that you have to be aware of so you don't panic. And oftentimes it could be psychological too. And and Laurie, how important is maintaining a healthy diet and a healthy body for goods? Well, it's it's absolutely crucial. In fact, when a man starts to have erectile dysfunction on a regular basis, and let's be clear, most men will have periods in their life when they'll have a hard time getting it up or they'll lose their erection and it doesn't necessarily mean anything. We're talking about consistently not being able to have an erection could be a sign that something is going on in their body. Well, it is a sign that something is going on in their body elsewhere. So we, the first step is go see the doctor and have your heart checked, have your blood pressure checked, make sure that the blood is flowing. What's an erection, but the blood flowing into those small arteries and veins, right? Mm -hmm. So just like the rest of your body to keep the blood flowing, into your vital organs, and for some, the penis is a vital organ, uh, you've got to keep healthy. It, it's just a it, no-brainer. It makes sense. Uh, if you keep your cholesterol down and your blood pressure at a normal level and you don't de- you eat better so you don't develop uh, diabetes, you stay at, a, at a, a reasonable weight for your age, all of these things make a difference overall. And our sexuality is just one of those elements that uh, you know that that it will manifest in, right? Yeah. It's like if you're in bad shape and you huff and puff because you climb a, a flight of stairs, you're not going to be that great in bed either. <laughs> That's for sure. I know one of my friends. I said, uh, you know, I like to stay fit so I can fuck to the end, you know, for a long time. He says, Ah, I'm just going to lie back and let someone else fuck me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's not really going to work very well. <laughs> okay, Definitely then. not going to have sex with you, Carol. <laughs> that's for sure. Definitely not. <laughs> All right, here's myth number four. We lose interest in sex as we get older. Right. We don't lose interest. We may lose the need for it, though, but, but we don't lose the interest. And I saw this. The best example of this is when Fifty Shades of Grey came out. And um, even though, you know, I, we, we don't have to debate how good or bad it was, but I noticed that I had been speaking to a bunch of women who were all in their 70s uh, who had read the book, and they we had a big discussion about it, and they were all telling me how, oh, my God, it, it made me horny. Like, my husband was so happy. Like, I was really turned on and, and looking for sex. And so the interest is there. We just have to, we just have to ignite it. <laughs> but you just got to work at finding it. You, yeah, you got to work it. You can't, it doesn't just happen just like this as we get older because we may lose that hunger for sex or the need for sex, but we don't necessarily lose the interest for sex. Yeah, and I think we saw that in the movie they made about these uh, elderly ladies and with Jane Fonda, who actually got into a book club. It was called The Book Club. Oh, they, The Book Club. That yeah, was great. It was great. I thought it was really good showing that, you know, sexuality is great, even in, I think they're all, we're all in their 70s, and I thought that was a great... Well, yeah, look yeah. at uh, Frankie and Grace. Yes, that's awesome. Another great show yeah. that talks about sexuality and traitors and, <laughs> you know... Age. Problems with wrists and aging wrists and, you know... Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was You just great. adapt, right? Yeah, you absolutely. adapt. <laughs> All right, here's the last of your five myths. Uh, the quality of sex declines as we age. 
Well, that's actually, the fact really is that it, it improves. The quality improves. The frequency may go down, but the quality improves because you have more confidence, more knowledge, more focus on full body sex rather than when you're younger, there's a big focus on genital sex. This So when you start to incorporate all the outer cores and the foreplay and the many, many, many different ways of being sexual, you start to fear the quality of your sex life is just better because it's not, it's not just genitally focused, it's full body. Yeah, uh, full well, body sex. Well, of course, our sex lives have changed a whole lot since we've been doing our radio show for the past two years, and almost three years now. And the thing is that we felt that it's because we've learned so much, and we've tried so many different other ways of having sex. And that's just kind of how it is is more than just general sex, like that's all we know when we first grow up. And then you have to learn all the different ways, yeah. like listen to your show and listen to our show and find out all those new things new, it's new for us, because we didn't know right. about it. But it's not new for the world world because so many places around the world are doing this daily, uh, whether it's Tantra or whether it's just massage or all Mm -hmm. the different ways that we can turn each other on. And they don't have to lead to intercourse. It could be great and not have intercourse. Absolutely. But I have to tell you, one of the the first step is really developing the right attitude. If your attitude is, oh, I'm just too old, oh, forget about it. Or if your story in your head is, well, I'm just not sexual you know, then you just, you rely on that story and you forget the rest. So that attitude isn't going to get you that pleasure that, hey, why shouldn't we have the pleasure? Like it's, it's right here, own it, we can have it, it's at our disposal. And yet, people give up on it on something that's really good for you so i'm, I'm gonna tell you uh, one of our swinger stories Lori, because i know you always like being enlightened of our swinger adventures but we have uh, yes we have a couple of, of really good friends who are um 65 years old and they go to all the different uh lifestyle events nadia norleans they go on the cruises they organize boat trips and this couple, along with a couple, of, a couple of other couples who are, like I said, over 65, when they go to these events, they have sex. They fuck other couples four to five times a day. They have play dates four to five times a day. And Carol and I look at them, and, and we're just in our mid-50s, and we're like, we want to be you in 10 years. And it's all about the excitement and the drive. And as a couple, they are the struggles that we know it within our group uh, of friends, Vanilla or Swinger. And it's just incredible to see how they have found making their sex lives part of their couple lives. Right. Well, it's more well, like that, a hobby. But that's an attitude, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's their their attitude and they place uh, a level of importance on their sexuality that makes it so that they become adventurous and, 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 and such. But listen, there are more vanilla couples out, out there than swingers couples who, you know, who still want to have even monogamous good, good sex, but they need to adopt some of these attitudes as well and and start to see it in a more positive, fun light. Like I've heard you say often, we play. And I love that about the swingers community is is the word play. And this is what's missing in a lot of long-term monogamous couples is the play. I don't mean playing with other people, but playing with with each other. Right. 
Yeah, and having fun. I mean, that's kind of one of the things we lose as we age anyways. And when you're young, you're always playful. And bringing that playfulness back into your relationship does spark more passion and more intimacy. No matter what you're doing, even if it's not in bed, if you're having fun and playing with each other. And on our show, we always talk about, you know, helping people know what they don't know and how to push their boundaries. And there's so many different ways, like Gloria was saying, for a monogamous couple to go out and do fun things. Like we were just at Hedonism and half the resort there was not swingers. There was just people who for the first time ever went naked on the beach. And it was incredible watching them have this, like... Like kids, the titillation, the titillation, yes. like kids again. Hey, I'm naked on the beach. I'm in the water. Yeah. You know, it was it was amazing, and they had a great week. And um, more and more people are are trying it. You know, the swinging community is about four percent of the population, but people who are opening their minds is now coming up on seventeen to twenty percent. So you know, the more movies like Fifty Shades of Grey and um, shows talk about different types of sexuality, the more people are going to be talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Doesn't mean that they necessarily want to engage with other couples, but they they are more open to being erotically charged and going into environments that are more erotically charging. Absolutely. And look at the sex toy industry, how it's blowing up. Oh my goodness. Yeah. People are now saying, Hey, it's cool to have a sex toy to Mm -hmm. self pleasure to do all those fun things that 20 years ago might've been very taboo. Oh yeah. Listen to women talk now. They talk, what's your sex toy? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and that's great. But one of the things I have noticed is that my younger girlfriends um, ask me questions about menopause because it's a little bit scary. You hear a lot of myths out there also about menopause and what to expect and, and, uh, going through it and the hot flashes and all that stuff. So let's talk a little bit about what is menopause and what causes it. Just let's start with the basics here. Well, everybody goes, all women go through menopause. It's uh, menopause really means the stopping of your menses. And usually a woman is in menopause when she hasn't had her period for a year. All women go through this. So this is just a natural part of the aging process. Your ovaries produce much less estrogen, which of course has an effect on your body. Um, and that's the that's the most important thing women need to understand besides the things that are obvious like the hot flashes and that, that can start before any of the other symptoms. Um, but there are vaginal changes as well. But fortunately, all these changes can be adjusted to and and there's there's fixes and sometimes quick fixes for the issues that it, it brings up. You also mentioned that menopause is not necessarily going to diminish your sex drive. Well, what what studies have found is that in the first few years in menopause, yes, we'll notice quite a decline in their drive, in their libido, in their hunger uh, for sex, but that they usually bounce back um, a few years in and and regain regain their desire. But we're going to have to have a we're going to talk a little bit more about desire and what that actually means for women because it's very very. Uh, very different. But there's other changes that they need to worry about and that could offer quick fixes. Vaginal dryness is probably the biggest complaint of women um, because, you know, you need estrogen in your body to be able to keep the vagina in a in its optimal form. Um, so what women can do is uh, think about putting in um, intravaginal 
like it's either capsules or creams or what have you that are estrogen based that will relieve that vaginal dryness and bring back the moisture that they uh, that they need. Women also, as they age, don't lubricate as much. Some lubricate more, which is interesting, and some less. Um, but you want to av- the one thing you want to avoid is is painful intercourse. So to make sure that you maintain that good muscle tone, um, you really have to have con- like keeping continued intercourse, which is good for it. Um, relieve the vaginal dryness so you don't have pain and cuts and and such. And this will help with the the vaginal inflammation and the shrinking and the thinning of the vaginal walls. So people should consider this hormone that's intravaginal. So it's not in your bloodstream. It's not hormone replacement therapy, but it really just goes to the vagina. And of course, using lube is is an absolute must as you get older as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we use a whole lot more lube now um, than we ever, ever did before. But we yeah. always did lube, use lube. But now we say lube, lube, lube. You just need it all the time. Absolutely. So, so let's just talk a little bit about what happens to a man and his hormones as he ages well, men too um, go through uh, some changes, but the difference between men and women is that all women go through menopause. Not all men go through the equivalent, which is andropause or <clears throat> androgen deficiency syndrome, which is a, a, a drastically reduced testosterone level. But men age in a, a bit of a different way. So there's no like set age for this. But what has been noticed is that as of 35 years old, there seems to be, for some men, more significant changes. And for other men, it's in their 40s or their 50s or their 60s. So there's no, like, cutoff date. Like, for women, by 55, pretty much everyone has gone through menopause. So for men, it's a little bit different. Um, And, like, a 35-year-old may notice that, hey, you know what? My erections aren't the same as when I was 20. Well, that's okay. That's, That's part of the normal. Like, you have to understand that there will be uh, changes. So uh, for for men, for sure, they uh, it, it can take longer to get the erection. It can take uh, longer to uh, to come as well, uh, which is which is actually good for a lot of men who complain of premature ejaculation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the force of their ejaculate is less. So where they, because it's the muscle tone, again, it, we, as we get older, we lose some of that tone in our pelvic floor. So uh, that's all part of it, uh, part of it as well. So yes, it takes longer. Yes, they need more direct stimulation. It's the same for women. Women need more direct clitoral stimulation too, because they may lose some sensation just like men do. But if we adapt to these changes, we maintain sex. Like we can, it can be just as pleasurable, if not more. Yeah, for sure. And of course, guys can use Alice or Viagra when they are having those erectile issues. Right. Uh, yes. It's just that if uh, men develop conditions like diabetes or other conditions or obesity or something like that, it will have more of an impact where those medications may not work. So maintaining a healthy lifestyle is really, really, uh, really important. Yeah. So, well, some of the things that we've been doing since we turned 50 to spice up our sex life besides swinging, because as a couple, we still have great sex, just the two of us is, you know, we've been having sex earlier in the day. We've been giving each other massages. We go to the gym. Um, You know, there's different ways to help your 
what some people call a lower libido or less of a, a sex drive because sometimes you know you're tired late in the day and there's there's different um environmental impacts that you were able to do when you were younger that you need to change a little bit as you age Absolutely. Listen, as we get older too, let's say later in the day, your muscles might hurt more or your joints are hurting more. Like we have to accept the fact that our bodies are not the same. We can't run as fast as we did when we were younger. We can't lift as many weights as we did when we were younger. It's just something that just happens it just to is. our aging bodies. But adapting to that, knowing this, we make changes. For example, like you said, if, if your arthritis flares up at night, have sex during the day or take a, a, a Tylenol or whatever medication you need prior to an hour before you have sex, like take a, a hot bath if that relaxes your muscles. Like There are different things that can be done uh, to be able to, to engage and, and, and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even yoga, I know I get so stiff that yoga really works for me and it keeps me flexible. And I know absolutely. I have better sex when I'm nice and flexible. Yeah. So let's just take a quick break right now. We'll remind everybody that we are Carol and David and we're having an amazing discussion with sex therapist, Dr. Lori Batito, author of The Sex Bible for People Over 50. We've been talking about how to maintain passion, improve your sex life, even though we're aging. And when we come back, we're going to get into a favorite part of the show called Great Sex Matters. All right. This segment of The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David is sponsored by the STC Croatian Cruise. Get ready to experience STC's famous foam parties, deck parties, and erotic live shows, or simply savor all the sexy couples, including us, that STC has to offer. Departing from Venice, Italy, August 29, 2020, for seven sensual nights and eight glorious days of visiting some of the most historic cities in Europe, throughout Croatia and the Eastern Mediterranean. Come party with us on a flip of open-minded sexy couples and find yourself swept up into a dream world of such incredible beauty and sensuality, your breath away. For more information about this trip or any other event, visit our sexylifestyle.com travel and events page. All right, and remi remember, go to the Sexy Lifestyle website for real, credible information covering all topics related to sex, sexuality, and relationships. Okay, this is the Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we are having a great discussion with sex therapist and author Dr. Lori Batito. And now it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters, and we all deserve it at any age. You know, we like talking about being happy, healthy, and horny, and all three have to come together in order to have a fully satisfied sex life. This doesn't happen overnight, and it, it happens only by having to work hard at it. You have to work at being happy. You have to work at being healthy, and of course, you have at staying horny. All right, so let's dive into one of Lori's favorite topics, which is sexual <laughs> desire. We all know it's primal, and it's what drives our sex lives and the key understanding of how it works. So let's start with what is the difference between sexual desire, sex drive, and libido? Uh, well, they all more or less mean, mean the same thing, but it's very important to understand that, you see, David, you call it a primal need, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it isn't a primal need for a lot of women. So this is what guys often don't understand. Um, testosterone in men makes it a primal need, but estrogen in women does not make it so. So think about it as hunger. Uh, I look at, at desire or libido as hunger for sex or horniness, hunger for sex. Um, Women in long-term relationships generally, I'm talking generally now, do not experience that hunger 
They're not hungry, but they'll eat. Okay, so it's like, I may not be hungry, but if you suggest, let's just go to the restaurant, um, pick at it a little bit, and then, oh, look at that, my appetite just opened up. Mm, I love that. So think about it like that. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean they're not interested in eating, it just means they're not hungry. When you're not hungry, you're not seeking it out uh, in the same way. So this is a very important thing to understand when it comes to male and female desire. Think about it also as, a, as like a car. Men are normally in the drive position, right? It doesn't take much to, to, to get it going. You just take your foot off the brake and off it goes, right? But for women, they're more in neutral. Uh, they're not, it's not like the battery's dead or anything like that. It just means that it requires an action to put them into drive. So women's desire tends to be much more responsive than spontaneous. Spontaneous meaning I'm hungry, I want to eat. Responsive means not really hungry, I'll go to the restaurant, I'll nibble, oh, I'm eating. You know, like, oh yeah, I'm hungry, okay, I'll continue to have my meal, this is yummy. Uh, So this is how you have to look at it. So what triggers desire in men is not what triggers desire in women. What triggers desire in women is sexual stimulation. They need to be stimulated to trigger that desire. But before they stimulate it, they have to put themselves in the position to to be stimulated. That's where interest comes in. I'm interested in having sex with you. I may not be hungry for it, but I know that once we get down to it and you start stimulating me, I'm going to get pleasure and my desire will then kick in. So we have different reasons for wanting to be sexual. It, it, so we're not driven by hunger, but driven by, uh, like, I want to be close to my partner. I want to make my partner happy. I, um, I, wanna, I, I want to feel intimate. I want to show my love. Uh, all these reasons that are not about the hunger. Uh, but, of course, you know, the relationship has to be in a good place to be able to feel this way. Um, which is where the problem lies for a lot of couples, at least a lot of couples I see in my practice who come to me because they're, they they have issues, right? So a desire discrepancy, which is very normal, but when I look deeper, what's going on? These Many of these women are feeling resentful towards their partners. They feel that their partners pressure them into having sex, and so they end up having uh, sex that feels like a chore, something they have to do. So they're not actually enjoying it. They're not, they're not feeling pleasure from that. They're feeling, after every passing time, more and more resentful of their partners. And sometimes it's amazing to me that these partners seem to be clueless, that their partners are not enthusiastic about having sex. Or many of the guys that I see don't seem to care. Uh, they, you know, it's all about their pleasure and that's wrong. Like when women feel you care about her pleasure and it's not just about you and getting what you want and getting your needs met, uh, then it changes the dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. Now I know David for sure. He cares about my pleasure, but as I was going through menopause, there certainly were times when I did not feel like having sex. And so maybe a whole week has gone by or sometimes maybe two weeks, depending on what we're doing, that we haven't had sex. Now, now we kind of feel a little bit okay. But when, uh, when that comes about, I didn't want the first thing for him to do was reach out and touch my tit. 
That's not That's where right. I want it to be. So I explained to him that let's start by you can touch my shoulder, rub my back, let's get into it slowly but surely. And only by explaining that to him, because in the past, he's always just said, hey, baby, come up from behind me, grab my tits and say, no, let's go to bed. Right. That was fine. But he didn't know that time, you know, my feelings or whatever have changed and that I didn't want him just to come out and grab my That's tit right. the first. So and that doesn't work for most women, by the way. Most no, I women know. Whose, whose partners do that on a regular basis, but who um, who do not show um, affection in a non-sexual way, these women get very turned off yeah. and they do not want to have right. sex. And then they avoid all kinds of, of non-sexual touching as well for fear that They're their partner is going to be all grabby. Right, or expecting it. So as soon as, some for some women, as soon as they let their partner touch their shoulder, they know he's the next thing is he's going to be touching the tit right after. So it yeah. just, those guys out there, remember, talk to your partner. If they're not receptive to your touch, find out what would work. Maybe it's a foot massage with no expectation. Wow, they were back to that communication thing yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, guys don't well, know. Of like, course. Like you say, guys don't know or they don't care. But I know David cares, and yet it still happened to us. And we had to sit down and talk about things have changed, and now I need you to start with my shoulders and my back every single time. Mm -hmm. And he and knows that. And the kissing. Yes. And the yeah. non-sexual touch and right. all and, of that. And regular, not like throughout the week we're not having sex, but we still have to touch all the time. That's and not right. necessarily, That's right. that does not always lead to having sex. And, and invited, you can have a beautiful foot massage and it can get a little bit further. You can invite your partner to get a little bit further or you can say, no, you know what, that's enough for now. It's okay to express mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. those ideas. And also we've started all day foreplay where it's you know maybe coffee in the morning and carol comes down in lingerie and then in the afternoon there's a little kiss and a nice hug and maybe mm -hmm. a little blowjob and then as the evening goes on we get a little bit more frisky and we don't have to fuck at the end of the evening but all day we've had this nice foreplay we bought a massage table for our room i might have a nice erotic massage and then she goes to sleep it's not about penis and vagina all the time it's about that connection we do as a couple anyway Exactly. And I know to close off the show, we should be just talking a little bit about why it's important. Why are we spending all this time telling people to continue having sex as long as they can? So let's put together a list of all the benefits that happen to our bodies and ourselves when we have sex. Well, there's uh, the list is very long. So um, uh, let's. There are health benefits to having sex. Remember that sex is like a form of exercise. So you end up the, the the you encourage the blood flow to your extremities and to your body. That's always a healthy thing for many things like cardiovascular, uh, for uh, I mean just entire body body health. It helps people sleep better. It helps with pain. Um, there's there's no negative to sex. Less I mean, stress. unless you're having really bad sex and unless it's non-consensual, like, but let's say you're in a good place. Right, exactly. There's no negative to, uh, to being sexual, only positives. It brings couples closer together. It, it creates uh, intimacy. It releases oxytocin, which is good for you. Um, I mean, there's just the list goes on and on and on. Our, there are, like I said, no real negatives to this. And that, inc well, that includes also self-pleasuring, not just uh, intercourse, but self-pleasuring yeah, exactly. as well. 
Yeah. Self-pleasuring to maintain the tone of, of your vagina, to maintain the tone of your penis as well, and blood flow. So if, even if you don't have a partner, vibrators are, are great friends. Uh, masturbation is a, a very good option as well. So uh, absolutely. And, and as we age, our bodies change. So, you know, when I was younger, I masturbated completely differently than I do now. And we talk about it. Last night, we self-pleasured uh, together. And um, Carol's saying, well, that's not how you were stroking your cock a couple of years ago. And it's like, well, you know, there's less sensitivity and it takes me a little bit longer to come. And she learned something last night. It was very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, there you go. There's the difference, right? You got to know your body. And sex all helps our emotional state. Yeah, of course. It makes you feel uh, people who have regular sex generally feel more satisfied with life in general. So that helps too. But again, the context has to be right. Yes, yes. As long as you're not seeing it as a chore, then yes, right? And then, of course, the good feeling extends to, you know, making um, your connection with your partner and feeling really good about that. Now it's time for some final advice. What do you think would be the top two things that you could advise a couple who may be experiencing low sexual desire, what they could do tonight to help them increase their intimacy and passion? Talk about it. So talk about it in a non-judgmental, non-critical way. That's really very, very important. Ask your partner, what can I do? What can I do that would make you feel relaxed and make you feel more open to engaging uh, in sex? And, uh, you know, have your partner uh, let you know. And I'm sure they will talk about, well, I want you to be, you know, nicer to me during the day. Or I want you to spend more time with foreplay. How about a little chore play, doing more, (laughs) helping me around the house a little bit more, you know. Um, How about a massage first? Don't just go grab for whatever. So this, you know, being able to discuss it is important. Setting time aside for playtime is also really important for couples who, you know, we often have really, really busy lives and such. So uh, that's something that you need to, to set aside time. You Even planning it, it's okay. We plan vacations. Why not plan a fun uh, a fun night a week, you know? Yes. I think that's all part of it. Well, if your partnership, if you're experiencing difficulties or you feel that you are resentful towards your partner, then fix it. Like, go get therapy. Mm-hmm. Go air air all that out so you can find yourselves together again and develop that intimacy again. Yes, absolutely. All right, Dr. Lori, that was an absolutely amazing show, as they always are with you and the shows that you produce as well, Passion. Uh, thanks so much for all your great sexy advice. Why don't you take a second and tell everyone how they can find you online mm-hmm. or reach out to you? Wonderful. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, it was a pleasure. Uh, well, I'm easy to find, drlaurie.com, D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E.com, and there you'll find uh, information about my book. And I did two uh, TEDx talks that are about pleasure and desire and long-term relationships that are there as well. And it's a good place for people to connect with me on social media. I'm at, uh, at drlauriebetito, B-E-T-I-T-O, so uh, Dr. Lori Batito, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook as well. That's great. Thank you. And we're learning more and more every week from all our fantastic expert guests, and we hope you do too. Visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, for credible information about sex and sexuality.
And remember to sign up on sdc.com if you're looking for an open-minded online community to meet other sexy people and find out where the events are happening near you. If you use promo code 30314, you'll be able to get the first month for free, so check it out. Amber, join us at Hito 2, the clothing optional resort in Jamaica, for the amazing Repeat Offenders Reunion Days, December 14th to 27th, when the rates are going to be as low as $150 a person per night. They are low, and the sexiness is going to be off the charts. For more information about this trip or anything else, visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, or send us an email to ask at carolyndavid.com. Well, that's it for another show today. Thank you, Lori, for being here. My pleasure. Thank you. And especially to everyone for listening. Join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Stay sexy, everyone. Until next week. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever.